Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 Welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, I chat to the Cinematic Orchestra on their highly anticipated return and to believe their really rather stunning new album out now via Ninja Tune. Also coming up, big release week this week. So I'll be chatting you through some highlights and playing some favourites. Also, I've just looked down at my notes and realised that this is episode 50. So that is pretty crazy. Yeah, I can't quite believe we've done 50 episodes of this show. It's mega. I know I say this a lot, but thank you so, so much to everybody who listens. Um, It's genuinely a real joy putting these shows together each week. I love it. And we're really near the one year mark, actually, which is super exciting, too. If you can spare a minute to review the show on iTunes, that would be so much appreciated. Reviews actually really, really help support the show here. And, you know, they just help us refine and kind of reflect on our output and just help us make the show the best that it can be. So it's always really nice getting your feedback and kind of starting that conversation. So if you do have a couple of seconds and you listen on iTunes, please do drop us a quick review. That would be super, super cool. But let's play some music this week. And as promised last week, we're going to kick off with a bit of rolling blackouts, coastal fever for you. This is their new one called In the Capital. It's flipping great. I'm obsessed. So yeah, here we go. Came up, came up from the bottom 
Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever there. Now, when I spoke to them at the end of last year in the Albums of the Year special, they said that they were recording album two, I think. So we're hopeful that that'll be heading our way before too long, all you Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever mega fans like myself that are out there. But I'm going to shift to the present now. And this week we have a load of amazing albums from The Comet Is Coming, The Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Karen O alongside Danger Mouse, um, Uranium Club have a new album out on Rough Trade exclusive white vinyl, which is very cool. Benjamin Francis Leftwich has a new one. Japanese four-piece Chai have this like hyperactive new record called Punk. It's great. What else? Stephen Malkmus is back. The Fool reissue Ben Sinister. Just loads of amazing titles, but I'm going to dive right in with our UK album of the week, which is The Comet Is Coming and their new album Trust in the Life Force of the deep mystery. Now, if you haven't heard of this band, they are super hot stuff for 2019. Um, already, we've got some diehard fans here at Rough Trade with their kind of jazz-infused electronic rock sound. That probably isn't the best description of them, but if you are like me and you are a little bit scared of jazz, should we say? Like, I don't... I've never really known quite how to approach it. This, I think, is a really interesting record and a really interesting band because... It's just, I don't know, it's just like quite standout and quite unique. And this track that I'm about to play you, I cannot really describe in any other way than it is a complete banger. I know that's not very intellectual or very descriptive, but yeah, I think you'll see what I mean when you hear it. I think you will. Um, So yeah, without further ado, this is The Comet Is Coming and Summon The Fire.
that was the comment is coming. It's really, really good, right? I think I'm right. Um, next, and Karen O's got a new solo album called Lux Prima, which is the Rough Trade NYC album of the week this week. It's a collaboration with mega producer Danger Mouse, which makes for quite a nice mix. Um, this is another solid record. Karen's just got one of those unmistakable voices. Um, if you were coming through school and in the early 2000s, like me, it probably somewhat soundtracked your life as part of the yeah, yeah, yeah's. Um, standout track for me on this record is called Woman. It's a real ass kicker of a song um, and it comments on the offensive Trump campaign and also the rise and wake of the Me Too movement. So some strong stuff here. Um, but yeah, check it out. and Danger Mouse. The vinyl was on pre-order um, on Friday when it came out, I believe, but it should be coming in this week. So if you're on the lookout for that, this week is the week. Next, and the Brian Jonestown Massacre have released a new album for 2019. It's called, well, it's called The Brian Jonestown Massacre, which is kind of odd, but it still very much delivers in my book. 
even though it's I think it's just over six months since their last album, this one still sounds super strong and really determined to me. It's got all the ingredients you'd expect sound wise and it's album eighteen. That is crazy. And to Newcomb, just not slowing down. Good stuff though. Um but yeah, here's my pick from this one. This is called Cannot Be Saved.
was the Brian Jonestown Massacre and 5 to 1 is next and likely a little longer version this week as I chatted to the cinematic orchestra, namely Jason Swinsco and Dominic Smith on their incredibly beautiful new album which asks the timeless question of what it is to believe. Here we go. So Dominic and Jason, welcome to the Rough Trade podcast and thank you very, very much for joining me today. I'm actually feeling a bit excited as I was saying to you guys earlier because I'm not in the studio today. I've come out on like a little school trip to central London on this beautiful day to chat to you guys. Um, and of course, I'm here to chat to you about your brand new record, To Believe, which is beautiful. I was listening to it last night. Really, really stunning. So congratulations. Um, I just wanted to start off by asking, it's been 12 years since your last studio album. And obviously in that time, you haven't just been sitting still. You've been exploring, collaborating, experimenting, and obviously touring. And I wondered whether there was any particular reason why now, why you wanted to release the record in 2019? There's no reason to release the record uh, in 2019. Uh, the reason the record's released now is because it's it's come to uh, a place where it was releasable. Um, I think that we've all, uh, Jason has always uh, taken every record very seriously um, and wanted each record to be um, its own unique statement. Um, and I think after Muffler, there was, um, there was a few different things which are, you know, working on a film score and um, lots of touring and then um, some, uh, a couple of releases on In Motion, which were collaborations with um, a bunch of different musicians that we'd worked with or uh, toured with over the years. Um, and then it was just a natural evolution of ideas and uh, addressing the issue of, of what a new record should sound like um, that just naturally led to this moment and this and this being the time when it came out. And you've collaborated with a lot of people on this record, some new faces and some older faces or familiar faces to you guys. Could you chat to me a little bit about why they're on the record, how you came to kind of work together again or enlist them, if you like? Definitely um, a, a big contribution from West Coast uh, musicians. Um, it's through through Dom moved to LA over ten years ago, and I moved from I was in New York for five years, and then moved from New York to LA for two years. And through Dom's love of music and kind of heading west and getting involved in a network of young uh, young music community in in Los Angeles which then fed into the process of this record just very naturally. You know, there's Miguel Atwood Ferguson who's done a lot of the string compositions for this record, and Dennis Hamm is a keyboard player. Um, B Plus was very um, influential in this whole connection with Moses Sumney, 
Um, so it's kind of like it's, the journey's kind of long, but as it's kind of a ball that's kind of been gathering moss and collecting and mm. processing all of the information and kind of broadening our collaborations. In that sense, then, would you say that all of the people that you worked in very much helped shape the record from maybe what you both decided that it was going to start out and become and then did different things, different ideas come in? Maybe was it even track titles or themes or the almost textures in the music? It's definitely the concepts and the curation is Domini. We invite the band into the studio for recording purposes, but all the music, the, predominantly the music that is on the record we have written, the, the vocalists are collaborations, mm -hmm. but obviously we talk before um, engaging them in um, a piece of music is the content. And then there, it's a, 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 with a vocalist, it's a three-way thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit, without wanting to make the obvious analogy, it's a little bit like we're directing mm. actors in, in the film that we are, we're responsible for the macro picture and the, and the arc of that narrative. You mentioned it's sort of like directing a film. Um, I think I've read that you do have a sort of, that there is a narrative to this album and perhaps maybe everything that you write always has some sort of narrative. Obviously you've got a incredibly rich background in writing for film and for to picture um do you think you'll ever will ever see what that narrative is like on the screen or would you ever think about creating a film to to believe i mean i think that there's i think there's a, an explicit effort within the cinematic orchestra to uh suggest narrative uh i think that there's also quite a purposeful um effort made to avoid definitive narrative. Mm. So uh, the, there has to be, you know, art for us exists in between our gesture and the audience's interpretation of it. I think that that's mm. the healthiest way to think about how, how these things really live in, in life and with people and how they can affect us all positively. Um, I would love to, so that film has never been written in a, in a real sense. Okay. Um, it could easily be the inspiration for something. And I think that, um, you know, Jason, since the beginning, has, uh, in choosing the name for the band and in choosing, like, a longer form of uh, arrangement and literally longer tracks allowing for uh, musical tendencies which remind you of score music and conjure up images and maybe conjure up... Um, a cognitive process where you where you feel like there's a beginning, a middle and an end rather than just a three and a half minute statement. I was on YouTube last night and I was looking at some of your past music videos and there's so many comments on some of them of people saying that they have played your music at particular poignant moments or events in their life, which on one hand, you know, is very understandable, but is that quite nice to read or is that the response you would expect? But my, my first experience with that was doing a show in Holland, a live, a live show with the cinematics, and one guy in the audience was going, Night of the Guana! which is the track on motion. And we'd, we've never done it live. <clears throat> and he's going, this is my funeral song. Play it! <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of spooked me out. Yeah. Obviously, it obviously resonated 
And I think when music does resonate, I, for whatever purpose they, an individual puts it, connects it with, it's kind of like a positive thing. Mm. So it's a, that's a very personal attachment or kind of engagement with music, which I think is then the music is communicating, which I think is a good thing. Mm. So just to, to finish off then, um, and talking of communi- communicating, the album's called To Believe, which I think obviously bears this huge question of belief and why do we believe and how do we believe and who do we believe? Um, is that something, that, and why I asked at the beginning, sort of was this, was 2019 a deliberate release for this record in any way was because obviously that question I think is quite quite prominent now in a time of so many things going on in the world um, and lots of people struggling with what to believe and who to believe. Is that something that was very much in your kind of train of thought? I mean, it was the idea for the record um, and the title um, actually came a few years ago. Um, and was definitely based on the world around us, but mm. the world was a little less obviously fucked <laughs> that, at that point. But um, we were talking about... Um, the real inspiration behind the title was the, our ongoing desire to want to make music that really connects with people on a visceral level. And, and that's because music has we we and music have connected on a visceral level ourselves growing up. Mm. And um, one of the things which was obvious, and this is before uh, Brexit happened and before Trump came in or any of those things, but uh, we both grown up with a lot of electronic music around us, and um, that had kind of been the context in which uh, you know. Jason had released music and, and, and I'd been around as well. Um, and we kind of saw the the kind of teeth of that movement get blunter and blunter and more commercialised. And then, you know, there was a massive explosion of dubstep from the UK turned into EDM in the US and then Coachella turned into Vegas. And suddenly you were like, <laughs> what does this mean? You know, what, what, what this, this used to feel um, like it had at least space for us to criticise um, uh, in, in the most positive way, not just to be negative, but to critique our own actions and, and how we live and society and all those things. We aren't perfect. We should always be critiquing ourselves to make ourselves better. And it just felt like generally music had lost that kind of urgency in its, in its essence. And that there was quite a lot of just, let's just party. <laughs> um, so uh, it was definitely wanting to reinsert uh, that narrative that felt completely lost. Once we kind of got to that idea, then, it, it, I mean, and I certainly didn't predict all of the extra things that have happened since and, and possibly make the title resonate even more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, than when we first uh, conceived of it, um, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It certainly there was no specifics about the politics of the world, but it was more about the general feeling of where art and music was mm-hmm. was residing in the world, and and hopefully trying to take that away from a simple commercial exercise, um, and and take it somewhere where people could uh, find 
something more relatable and empathic, which is like actually closer to the human experience, which is not always brilliant. It doesn't always have to be happy. Mm. You can be sad, you know, you can, you can take time to think. You don't have to have an answer all the time. You know, it's like life is beautiful with all of its complexities and, mm. and troubles and it's just trying to get to that. Mm. Brilliant. Thank you very, very much. Um, just to finish off, it'd be great if you could pick a track off the record that we could play today. Perhaps one that ties into what we've discussed. Obviously, we've discussed everything, but let's <laughs> play the whole record. Um, but yeah, I'd say to believe the title track. Yeah, it's where it all started, and if it's uh, it was the beginning of the end or the beginning of the completion of the record, it really was like that's. That was the first yardstick we had where it was like this incorporates sonically what we're looking for, um, you know, uh, intellectually and uh, lyrically, you know, the type of stuff we wanted as well. And from that point onwards, it kind of, it, it, it all evolved in a really nice, natural, organic way.
So massive thanks to Jason and Dominic. The album is out now and available on a couple of enticing vinyl editions. So do grab a copy. It is well worth it. Events this week and at East, look out for in-stores from Nick Waterhouse, Lucy Rose and also Sleeper. That's going to be really cool. I'm excited for that one. Um, at Bristol and we're looking ahead to Monday and Nilifer Yanya over at Nottingham and Crows will be playing the store on Monday. Signed, of course, to Bally Records, which is owned by Joe Talbot of Idols. So yeah, that's going to be a good one for sure. Head to roughtrade.com slash events for all the latest listings plus Barry events listings for all of our live space gigs at Rough Trade NYC. So I'm going to start winding down today with the latest one from Big Thief. The beautiful band return with Adrian Lenka at the helm on new album UFOF, which comes out this May. The first single off it is the title track, uh, also called UFOF, and it's an emotional lullaby, as you may have come to expect if you're a fan of these guys. Really, really nice. Here we go. This is New Big Thief.
so that was Big Thief. The album is out in May and is up for pre-order now at roughtrade.com. Thank you so, so much for listening this week and to our 50th edition. Still can't get over that. Um, going to play you out with a new one from The Mystery Lights, who also are back with a new album for 2019 called Too Much Tension, out in May. We have a Rough Trade exclusive edition on neon yellow vinyl, just 300 copies, very splendid indeed. Now, I really like this band. They're just full of good old rock and roll. Um, in general, I also really like Wick Records, so shout out to them. If you like this, you should check out the rest of Wick Records' roster because there's some real gems to be found in there. Have a great week, and I will catch you in the next one. This is The Mystery Lights, and someone else is in control. Bye! Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.